And today we have Libby. Hi, Libby. Hello. How's it going? I'm great, thanks. Um, so Libby did her undergraduate studies at Otago University and then moved up to Auckland to do a postgrad and now she's working as a, would you count yourself just as a scientist? What's your... Well, I tell people I'm a scientist, but I'm actually a research technologist. Okay. At AAG Research and we'll kind of talk more about that throughout the podcast, but like we do with most of our episodes, how did you get into science? Was it in primary school, intermediate high school? Did you have like a teacher or someone that kind of, I guess, guided you into science? Did you watch a TV show and go, hey, that looks cool and that led to science? Well, I can't say that I had a lifelong passion for science or biology, which is what some people say, but I can't say that. I think I just always found it very interesting. I think at my school... You know, lots of primary schools do science fairs and stuff like that. We didn't do that, but I chose to do a science project for my speech. I think I was probably year five or six and I was testing the pH of something. I don't know, because we had a swimming pool when you have to test the pH. So I used that to test the pH of different things. I don't, I just think I found it really interesting. I, so it's high school, I did, you know, physics and chemistry and biology, but I just liked it. It was interesting. So you didn't do like calculus or stats? Oh, I with? did. I did calculus. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I should have done stats. I didn't. Because we, we call that the Asian five around here. I see. Yeah. So um, <laughs> most Asians do the three sciences. All three Asian, uh, all three sciences, English and math, rinse, repeat. Well, I guess that's, that's interesting because, I mean, it's different to kind of talk to people that it, it wasn't like, it kind of just popped up, right? You kind of were like, let's yeah. do a science fair on pH and... We'll yeah. do a speech about it and then it kind of, I guess, blossomed into something that you're doing as like a full-time job now. So Yeah, that is interesting. And I think, you know, at, at high school, so many of us can relate to being a bit of a high achiever and science just sort of seems like something that you're meant to do, you know. You just yeah. feel like, I think I should do that. But I did always really like it. Yeah. My biology teacher um, wasn't very exciting. Yeah. She'd just write literally the textbook up on the whiteboard and we'd all copy it into our books but somehow I still enjoyed it despite despite that and did you also have like a interesting chemistry teacher um interesting in terms of personality but not interesting in terms of the way that he taught us I'd say yeah no I I think that's a common theme that we've talked about with high school chemistry teachers right um it's it's good to kind of I mean talk to people because um like we said at the start you are working in agriculture research and yes. we wanted to I get I guess get more diversity because we do have a lot of biomed students talking to us biological right. science but um ag research is massive in New Zealand so Definitely. um in terms of um doing university down in Otago how was your undergrad what was I guess the pros and cons of doing your studies in Otago and then we can kind of talk about your postgraduate studies in Auckland as well. Yeah well I I went off to Otago University not knowing what I wanted to do I just um, I decided to do first year health science which is the I don't know what it's called up here but it's the foundation papers that you do before you split up into specialties. I just kind of did that because I thought it'd be a good foundation year 
before I figured out what I wanted to do. I originally wanted to do medical laboratory science. I went to the open day and I saw them looking at under the microscope at cancer cells and they were, I don't know, looking at blood samples and my friend and I were like, whoa, this is so cool, I want to do this. So I originally wanted to do that and then I, um, so I did this first year health science at Otago and I thought I wanted to be a medical laboratory scientist but my mum said, do you actually know what they do? And I was like, well, yeah, like they work in the lab and look at stuff under the microscope. And she was like, you should go and work at a med lab for the day and see what you think. And I was like, I don't need to. I already know that's what I want to do. And she was like, well, you really should. So she basically forced me to do it. I went and worked in the med lab for the day and I was like, okay, I don't want to do this. This is awful. And then I decided that I wanted to be a pharmacist. So then mum said, well, do you know what a pharmacist does? And I was like, well, yeah, they work in the pharmacy. And she was like, well, maybe you should go and work in a pharmacy for a day. And I was like, I don't need to. I already know what they do. And she was like, well, how will you know if you like it? You should go and do it. And I was like, fine. So I went and worked in a pharmacy for a day. And I was like, okay, this is stupid. I don't want to do this. So the moral of the story is to listen to your yeah, mom. Yeah, that, that is the moral of the story. You're, You're like zero and two there for uh, personally directed career decisions. Yeah, so I ended up, I didn't really know what I wanted to do after that. I think I really liked physiology. Um. So I did a range of papers like genetics and physiology and biochemistry and stuff. And I randomly did a microbiology paper. And then I ended up loving microbiology very randomly. So I majored in microbiology. I think at Otago, the research, well, in that sort of area is very medical and like human biology based. Um, So my major was microbiology and immunology. So I was more interested in sort of the applied side of microbiology and like environmental stuff like that. But... It was very focused on human health and stuff. But I think I really liked Otago because we did a lot of labs, like more, it sounds like more than what students do in Auckland. Like some of our labs would last for a day and a half and we'd go through and do an entire experiment over a couple of days. That's, yeah, like in Auckland, you get three hours in the lab. Right. Did you guys get the opportunity to kind of troubleshoot your experiments or was it just kind of like... I think we did. Yeah, we'd, we'd um, go through like one of our uh, papers that we did. We got wastewater samples and we were isolating viruses from the samples. So we like went through the whole process of like growing a lawn of bacteria and then like finding the virus. And then we looked at them under the electron microscope and got pictures of our own virus that we isolated, which was super cool. Um, we did a few like PCRs and stuff. I can't actually remember what we were doing, but it was a lot more experience in the lab than I think in Auckland. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, Lorenzo could probably get a test of this as well. Like it was just, yeah, you get three hours and yeah. you either finish your experiment or you don't. Right. And if you don't, you just kind of go talk to your friend and see what they did in there. Because mm. we, I mean, we did. In, in those three hours, they do cram a lot in there, and then we have to write reports at the end of it. And there are other times where it was just, here's one experiment, do some incubations, we'll observe it, and then that's it. So, I right. mean, it, it does get, I guess, more technical in what you would do in the lab as you kind of go through undergrad, but they were all only three hours. We didn't have day-long labs. Yeah. It gets a bit to the point where it doesn't accurately, accurately represent what an actual real life or real world experiment would be, how long somebody's assays can take or how long the whole process can be. Or how many things are going to go wrong. Yeah, exactly. Like once again with teaching labs, they're designed for your, for you, them to work because they if they weren't robust and weren't going to work most of the time, then why are you using it? Because it's a good environment to learn, 
The whole point of the teaching lab is to supplement what's been taught in lectures, so the experiment has to work. So you kind of just feel even worse when the experiment doesn't work. Which happens. <laughs> which, which, which is science in yes. a nutshell. Which, mm -hmm. But I mean, for us, like, if things did go wrong, there'd be like a question at the end of your assignment being like, why didn't you think this work? And then you'd just do like human error or technology error. And that's yeah. the only thing we could we talk about in terms of if things went wrong. So it's mm -hmm. it sounds like each university kind of does things differently. But yeah. I mean, there's pros and cons to both both ways. Definitely. Like in terms of Otaya, I guess you kind of get more of exposure of if you were to do research yeah. in the future, this is kind of what it is. While in Auckland University, it's more about let's build your basic skills and lab skills. Mm -hmm. And then um, hopefully those will kind of be those can translate into a proper lab later. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's goods and bads for both Definitely. sides of doing it. Yeah. yeah, I think it sounds like at Auckland Uni, the papers that you do are much more broad and you get exposed to more, you're encouraged to be exposed to more yeah. um, subjects, which is, since I majored in microbiology and immunology, I basically just studied those things in third year. I, yeah. I think I might have done, I did a genetics paper maybe, but, you know, at Auckland there are like, plant biotech papers and stuff that I would have loved to do but yeah. it wasn't really well, an option that I didn't know about at Otago I think. Yeah. So once you did your undergrad in Otago you moved up to Auckland? Yes. Is Was was postgrad in Otago on the books or was it like I wanted to come up to Auckland because I wanted to do more about with plant microbiology and all that stuff? Yeah so I finished my degree I I had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to do further study because with a BSc, there aren't so many options. You know, it's good to do an honours or a master's. Yeah, it's essentially... Yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah, like a bachelor's <laughs> in science is... I wouldn't say it's very useful. You kind of mm. have to work your way up into postgrad to kind of get a bit more experience. Definitely. So at Otago, everyone basically does honours and then a lot of people do a PhD or do something else and I didn't really like the idea of doing a random honours project so I had done a summer studentship at Otago where I was isolating a protein from a bacteria basically not it just didn't feel quite right to me that I'd do a one well not even a one year honours project doing some random abstract thing that I would probably never have anything to do with again so like yeah working on a specific protein in a specific bacteria I just knew that that probably wouldn't get me that far just doing a one-year project so I decided to do a master's and I honestly only came to Auckland because they put on a free trip for people to come and like see what it would be like and they paid for your flights and they paid for you to stay in a hotel and so I came up to Auckland on this free trip it was quite random my family was like what are you doing because I don't normally do things like that. Um, so I came up here. I didn't even expect to like Auckland Uni, to be honest. I just <laughs> was in it for the free trip. And I talked to a couple of people in SBS, and I actually really liked what they had to say. And I had looked into the different postgraduate diploma papers, and I thought that it sounded really interesting because I'm interested in the more applied side of microbiology specifically so at Otago everything's very medical and human biology based but I wanted to apply it to something a bit more yeah agricultural or environmental sort of so I really liked the idea of the papers in Auckland so yeah it was just kind of random that I ended up coming here but um, I know it's kind of hard to kind of compare undergrad and postgrad but 
um, how was it doing your, so in your postgraduate diploma, you do eight stage seven papers. Yes. Um, and then you do your master's research the year after. So how was, I guess, your postgraduate year? And then we can kind of talk about how you kind of moved from that year into your master's. And I guess we can talk about where you are now because that all kind of links up together quite nicely. Yeah. So I think I found it quite strange in my PG dip year because I didn't know anybody. I came up here. Um, everyone sort of knew each other from undergrad, but I didn't really know that many people. And we just had one one class a week for pa- each paper for two hours. So there wasn't that much time to sort of meet people and collaborate and make friends. And I think I'm quite like awkward and shy in that respect anyway so I probably didn't put myself out there as much as I should have so I think that's what I struggled with the most is the it was a you know in in undergrad you're kind of you're doing labs and you're meeting people and stuff like that but in postgrad you're kind of left to yourself and I'm also not very good at doing self-directed work so I procrastinate a lot so I think that's a common thing (laughs) for most people yes definitely um but yeah, I think I found the papers really interesting and it was quite different moving from learning so much and doing labs, but we were doing a lot of like reading the literature and critiquing papers and stuff like that. So those were all really useful skills, but I think I also did miss just learning new information, which is what I did really enjoy about undergrad is just learning stuff, but you kind of move from applying the skills that you learned into postgrad. Yeah. And... Um, did you also do, so in your postgraduate year, depending on if you do biological science or biomedical science, there's this like, would you call it like a gateway paper into your master's? Did you also do that intro to kind of where you would do your thesis, kind of write your lit review, yeah. your presentation? So you did that as well to kind of get into your master's? Yeah, so in, when I, before I moved to Auckland actually, I had reached out to a couple of um, potential supervisors on somebody's advice, I can't remember who it was, someone at Auckland had said, you know, you need to um, see what you might be interested in and reach out to a few people. So I had reached out to a few people and was quite interested in plant-microbe interactions. So I had um, found a supervisor and, yeah, I wrote my, what is it, a thesis proposal in in my postgrad year. That would be quite interesting to read back now, actually, to see what I wrote. <laughs> yeah. But do you think that paper was, I guess, beneficial in a way? I think to- it was. Yeah, it was a good way to read all the literature about what you're going to be doing your research in. But as it turns out, that my literature review was totally irrelevant to what I ended up doing because I couldn't end up... I didn't end up doing the research project that I, th- I thought I was going to do in my master's, so... Yep. But anyway, it was good skills and a good big literature review, and especially because you're doing it for yourself rather than just for a paper. It was, you know, there's a lot more going into it. Yeah, so, I mean, it is a, it is a good way. Like, for me, I think I was fortunate that I essentially just translated my, transferred my whole lit review <laughs> to mm. my master's thesis, and then I just added a couple of more papers here and there. It's just that, there's that stress because you, it's your first time writing a thesis, yes. so it's kind of And you like, know your supervisor's going to read it and think, yeah. oh, God, who is this person? Like, <laughs> I, do I want them in my lab? Every time you send through anything, you get it back with a lot of red marking, and you're like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> All the time they're like, remember that experiment that you did? And I'm like, 
no. <laughs> what experiment? You're <laughs> like, wasn't me. Yeah, they're like, you should have written that up in your thesis. I'm like, what? Mm, don't, don't remember that one. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where like you, you don't know how much work and how mentally draining it is writing a thesis. So if mm-hmm. you, I mean, it is in a way a good way to kind of have that, I guess, some practice writing your review. And for yes. you, unfortunately, you had to rewrite the whole thing mm-hmm. but unless you had you kind of get understanding of what you yeah, need from it the process and also during that paper you have to do the presentation yes. and then I don't know about you guys but my lab group my future lab group came along and watched me and I just remember it was so stressful knowing that they would they were listening to me and you know they're obviously experts in the field and they'd just be well in my lab they were. um <laughs> judging you based on what you were saying and the questions that you were answering and I remember getting some quite tricky questions and watching the people's faces as they you know listen to what I was saying and I was thinking oh my god I'm saying the wrong thing oh god they're gonna judge me forever I think for biosci it's a little bit different so um Lorenzo you might have to um talk about your one as well but I presented only to my lab group there was no one else in it it was just I had people in my lab floor people sharing my lab they were the only ones that showed up so i had like my co-supervisors associate professors and their phd students i had i couldn't even welcome anyone because in for biological science i guess anyone can kind of show up and listen yeah and quite a few people do yeah for me it was just my lab group and all the other groups in my lab well that's not fair yeah (laughs) yeah well i think in my case i presented i think three times throughout my masters because my main supervisor and co-supervisors were in two kind of separate not really uh, they have the same lab groups i presented in them which was okay because some people actually knew what i was talking about because they were actually familiar with the topic and doing a project on molecular docking and all that stuff wasn't too foreign for most of them Uh, because most of them were kind of actually in-lab people rather than computer simulation people, so that was fine. And then I did another presentation to just uh, the pharmacology floor, which was a few people. That was okay, because none of them knew what I was talking about, because once again, molecular docking and that kind of uh, drug-binding simulation was very different from what people were doing on that floor. And then I actually got put into the pharmacology master's uh, bigger presentations by my supervisor. And I said, I want you to do that. So I had to do that. And that was great because even more people were foreign to the topic. So I got some interesting questions like, why don't you do this and this? And I just go, well, that's a limitation of the program. You know, it's kind of great in a sense that you get to uh, practice your public speaking skills and ability to digest information that to you is regular but to other people it's not regular it's it's not the norm so even among scientists you can kind of read somebody else's paper or go to a presentation and vaguely understand the gist of it but that's hard like being able to turn something you've been working on for months and months and months into something easily understandable for a half hour presentation it's difficult it's very difficult but I guess that's what we have to learn, right? Like you have to be able to mm. translate what you do in layman's terms so people can understand. Um, and I'm sure we've all got friends who during the master's period was like, how are you going? How's everything going? And then you're like, oh, how do I explain this to them without like either one boring them or like, <laughs> and or two, like making them understand what I'm trying to do. It's, it's, it, it, it is a fine, it's a fine art to kind of be able to do that. Yeah. One of my most dreaded questions is when I meet someone new and they're like, what do you do for your job? And I'm like, oh, can we not? <laughs> yeah. it's, one of those, it's one of those things when you do your master's or PhD, you're like, people are like, oh, I should ask how their master's and PhD are going. But it's like, 
it's yeah it kind of just brings back bad memories in a way yeah it can be a sensitive topic as well like if you're in a rough spot in your experiments and somebody asks you it's just ah fuck i'm trying to suppress it with all this alcohol well now we know not to ask someone when they're finishing their phd that's a big no yes like it's (laughs) or start or start (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like it's we we understand that you're trying to be interested and you're trying to like be concerned for us but it is yeah it's there are other ways i guess you can ask how how we are going (laughs) and asking when you're finishing is probably the last thing they want to hear yeah or being like oh i thought you finished already that's that's even worse as well (laughs) weren't you meant to finish in may yeah (laughs) when you're doing your when someone's doing their dissertation they're kind of looking at the step immediately in front of them not 20 steps away so just ask them some regular small talk is great like how's your day going Never ask a PhD, master's, or honor student when they're finishing or submitting at the start of the thesis year. Good grief! No, it's 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 an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you you learn a lot from it, um, and I'm sure we can all attest to learning a lot from it. Um, but going back to your masters, because um, I guess there are two ways you can do masters, right? You can kind of go with supervisors within the university yes. or you can kind of work within a company to do your masters and you kind of did the latter so yes not on purpose though yeah so did you because you said that you contacted some people yes. throughout your postgraduate was one of them that was one of them kind of the supervisor that ended up being your masters or was it kind yes of so I contacted a few people in the field that I was interested in which is plant microbe interactions I just looked up the uni directory of people and just emailed them. I talked to a few people, but um, so my supervisor at the time was working for Ag Research at Auckland, based at Auckland Uni. So I contacted him and met him. And I think we bonded over the fact that we had both been to Otago and he knew that my lab skills would be quite um, a bit more developed maybe than a Auckland Uni student. And I just really liked, so he was talking about um, like these fungi that infect plants and how important they are to agriculture and stuff. And he was so enthusiastic about it. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I want to do this. So then we ended up, um, he said, oh, there's so many things you could do. You could do a project in this and this and this. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's do it. And then a few weeks probably, or even just before I started writing or started looking into writing my thesis proposal, he emailed me and he said, actually, by the way, I don't work for ag research anymore. I work for this company called Biotelliger I've just um, started working there but you can still come and do your masters with me if you want and I was like okay um, so then I ended up doing a totally different research project to what well, wasn't totally different it was in the same um, area but it was different to what we had originally looked into but um, yeah so we worked out this cool project together um, it involved going to Mexico to collect cotton plants. You might remember me talking about that to you, yeah. Kaiman, during yeah. our post-grade year. And I was yeah. like telling everyone, oh, yeah, I'm going to Mexico. Um, <laughs> that didn't happen, of course. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was quite a different experience, I think, to what a lot of people had. So we were at Auckland Uni. Um, we had a lab there, but it was – so I was working for this private company. Um, so I think the main difference was that I was – at the time, well, at the start, there was um, a PhD student and a master's student who had been left over from when he was at Ag Research, but I didn't have that many relationships with other students, so I had my lab members to go to for help. Um, but since it's all qu- quite confidential and yeah. there weren't as many other students 
and we were sort of a little bit I wouldn't say segregated but a little bit more separate to the, the academic lab so I think that was probably one of the main things that I missed during my master's experience was um, just the relationships and talking with other students and just being able to you know like people would just be sitting in their office and like talking about their experiments and yeah. what do you think I should do like how could I do this do you have any ideas blah 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 so yeah. but I could still do that with my lab members so that yeah. was all good did you did you enjoy your master's um I don't know if I'd say enjoy I think I enjoyed what I was studying and what I was doing and what I so you know the end goal for us um is working in crop protection and trying to find a more sustainable alternatives to synthetic pesticides so knowing that you're working towards something that's beneficial to humanity is like so cool but you know, the everyday realities of doing research aren't necessarily enjoyable as such. Yep. But I think I did really enjoy the idea of what I was doing and like what we were working towards. That's cool. It's a very good description of what a lot of people say about the masses, except they like most people like their topic and they like the premise of it and the kind of greater good that they're working towards, but not necessarily the actual research. So yeah, I think that's the case for myself and probably Kaiman as well. Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. Definitely. You kind of just do, you like you said, like we, we do labs and then you kind of like, oh, maybe this is what happens in, mm. in the lab and the research. And then when you get in there, you're like, why isn't this working? And then like you've get, you got this mindset of being like, oh, well, why didn't it work for me? Should I have worked? What, what went wrong? And like that thinking at the start of your master's, I mean, force, I can speak for myself. My, I, it wasn't there for me. Like mm -hmm. I was just like, why isn't this working? I was just like, let's try this again. Um, well, we won't do anything different because the method's there and the method should work. Yes. And it doesn't work, but it's, it is it is difficult. Like you, with science, you only hear about the successes and not the failures. Mm -hmm. You hear about that 1% that has worked, but no one ever talks about the 99% that's behind the yes. scenes. And it's one of those things where I think throughout this whole like thing, um, podcast that we're doing is to kind of, mentally prepare yourself for what you're going to go through if you do go through research like we're not saying don't do research and we've got yeah. people that are doing research really enjoy but it's just one of those things where you just kind of have to prepare yourself mentally because um you don't know how it's going to go like you can you can other people might have amazing experiences in the labs and other mm -hmm. people may not it's dependent on a lot of variables um but it's hard to kind of gauge where it's going to go and how well you're going to do or if it's right for you it's it is difficult um definitely yeah i think i did enjoy i enjoyed doing the lab work i enjoyed like the aspects kind of separately i enjoyed once i figured out what the hell i was doing in the lab i enjoyed it because you know that's quite stressful it's trying to <laughs> learn all these new things so once i started doing um got my experiments up and running it was really interesting um, and of course they didn't go to plan, but that's fine. Yeah. And I think I probably really didn't like writing my thesis, but then when I brought it all together and did my discussion and I remember sending my um, discussion to my supervisor and he pointed out all the things like, oh, wow, um, that's really interesting. Like, that's cool. Like, that was a good discussion point. And I thought, whoa, yeah, like, that's so cool. I did that myself, um, obviously with a lot of help. But yeah. so I think... I was very satisfied at the end of it. But yeah, the, the process and just the pressure was quite stressful, yeah. yeah. But I mean, 
you've I mean you've done very well because you've continued your career within this company and yes I was very lucky and you've been there for five years yeah, yeah. We, we won't we won't say ages and stuff <laughs> <laughs> but you've, you've been there for I mean since your master's you've kind of yeah so how did how, how did that process go was it just very seamless was it just like hey Libby you've done your master's you did very well welcome or was basically it- <laughs> now you're gonna get paid <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was very lucky in that they so the my master's research was sort of like a new area of study for the company and then it was sort of like a bit of a test I think to see if maybe that was something they wanted to continue so then I was able to continue that research which I'm still doing now so um, basically I've developed a lot of the methods and everything that we've been doing myself from my master's through to now so I I was definitely in the right place at the right time Um, and I did work really hard um, and did quite well which they recognized so then wanted me to work for them but yeah it was just I was super lucky that they it was good timing for them I think yeah it's yeah I'm still there it's I've when I've talked to I guess not even people in science but the I guess a lot of the tips that they've given me is just like is the people you know and it's the timing as well so it kind of just works out like you have to you have the network. I mean, it, it is difficult. Like, go yeah. to networking events. It's it, it gets easier as you go. It'll, like, a lot of people say, bring someone you know so you can just follow them around and kind of just see mm. how it goes. But like you said, it's all about timing as well. It's, Definitely. You were just at the right place at the right time. Yeah. And you've continued doing um, amazing work for the company and they acknowledged it. That's one yeah. of the good things about, um, I guess – doing a master's with a company I mean there are pros and cons like if you do yeah. a crap job <laughs> yeah they'll be like look um uh, maybe we'll, we'll consider you <laughs> as a candidate for this but yeah it's it's there are there are pros and cons to Definitely. doing it at, at the university or with a company as well I so. think in terms of um jobs at the end of it doing it with a company is definitely I mean that's how I got a job because unfortunately there aren't that many jobs in the industry so um big pro but it's quite interesting a lot of the people at my work their jobs weren't advertised they had just reached out to our supervisor and said hey I've just moved to New Zealand or whatever Um, I'm looking for a job this is what I've studied and then he was like okay cool like come for a chat and then that's how it ended up or we recently had a student reach out to us saying that he'd be keen to do some casual work and we had kind of considered getting a student in, but we hadn't actively tried to find a student. But yeah. because he emailed us and seemed really enthusiastic, yeah. we were like, okay, well, fine. So we do – he might even be listening to this podcast. Um, <laughs> he He's going to be coming in and he's going to be doing the dishes. But, you know, if he hadn't reached out to us, we would never have considered it. Yeah. And we said to him, look, you're going to just be doing the dishes. And he was like – that's fine, they're science dishes. And he was so excited about it. So we were like, he seems really cool. Like, yeah. let's get him. So if he hadn't randomly reached out to us, we wouldn't be doing that. So Science dishes. Yeah, he's so excited about it. That definitely makes cleaning uh, conical flasks and beakers a lot more interesting. Yeah, I, he still doesn't know what he's in for. But um, yeah, well, he's what? like, I'm going to make these science dishes so clean. There's actually another... Um, in- entire industry surround, uh, surrounding cleaning science dishes or medical science dishes if you want to work in sterile services in hospitals and all and that stuff you know all this tech cleaning all the equipment that's uh, another entire field of people of work that you can go in but i mean this actually kind of segues quite nicely to like the last part of our podcast mm-hmm. of this episode because 
we usually tell people like if you could go back and talk to 18 year old Libby or anyone mm-hmm. kind of in the situation of wanting to get into ag research and stuff what advice would you give to your younger self and to students who are kind of really interested in getting into ag research and not really knowing how to do it well um, as we talked about before my mum giving me good advice so I mean listen to your mum or listen to <laughs> listen to your parents like sometimes they do know what they're talking about um, and as we've just talked about it does it is about who you know quite a lot of the time um, which is quite makes it quite hard especially if you're quite shy and reserved but it's worth it like you've just got to reach out and yeah, contact people you know and I was actually thinking about this about um, advice I'd give and I, I couldn't decide on my one piece of advice and then I realized that my advice was that decisions are hard but there is actually no wrong decision I don't think so you know you f- there's so much pressure well you feel that there's so much pressure to decide what I'm going to study or what I'm going to do or whatever but you just make the decision based on what's best for you at the time and I mean there's no wrong decisions like you just decide to do that and if it doesn't work out that's fine but it's still got you somewhere and you've just got to do what you think you've got to do and just follow your gut instincts you know yeah that's what I did I think like it I just knew that medical research at Otago just wouldn't be the right fit for me so I just randomly came to Auckland and ended up with a really cool job that I really like um I know that I was really lucky to get a job but yeah I just followed my gut and made some random decisions and here I am sometimes it is hard sometimes to follow your gut right like it is you you get like the sinking feeling be like is this the right decision yeah and like I mean and it's okay to question that decision like but it is you it's always good to act upon something if it's Definitely. scary and you're worried about it, I think that's probably in a way the right decision because you're mm-hmm. a little bit worried and you actually care about what's going to happen in the future if you take this path or not yeah yeah but yeah, that path's still going to take you somewhere, and yeah. yeah, I don't think there are any wrong decisions. Like everyone feels so much pressure that what they're deciding is going to affect the rest of their life, which I mean it is. But you don't have to do one thing for the rest of your life. Nobody does. Everyone, whoever you talk to, has gone on some random path, yeah. generally unplanned and just based on the random decisions that they made. Yeah, just be okay with change and adapting yeah. to what happens. Definitely. Lorenzo, do you have any final final input? Uh, nah, I'm good. Oh, that's it. Um, thank you, Libby, for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's um, been great. Well, if you want, we can link your LinkedIn. And if people mm-hmm. want to talk to you, just please, like we said, please send a message being like, hi, I came through this podcast or I was listening to this um, instead of just being like, hi, um, help me <laughs> and give uh, me a job <laughs> yeah um but no thanks so much it's been insightful because like like you said you did joe Otago, went to auckland and you kind of went through a company and um a lot of us kind of just go through the university so it's mm-hmm. a different perspective to see where it is we're not guaranteeing you that you'll get a job after your master's <laughs> is you still have to put no. in the work and um do the hours and hopefully they'll appreciate your work um so yeah. that you'll get something out of it like the opportunity is i guess in a way better but you have to make the most of it as well yeah cool thank you thank you